Open up your Bibles, if you would, to Genesis 1. Genesis is the first book in the, New, in the Old Testament in the Bible. Genesis chapter 1. And we'll start with verse uh, 1. Start with verse 1. And he says this in Genesis 1. He says, in the beginning, God. Everybody say, in the beginning, God. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. So here at the very beginning of the Bible, the very beginning of Scripture, the very first four words in it are, in the beginning, God. And I think it's done that way because God wants to establish something with us from the beginning that this is about him. It's about him. You know, I, there's so many things we get caught up on in Scripture. There's so many questions, I think, that the enemy tries to get to distract us with. And, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have questions. I like thinkers. I want to be a thinker myself. I think a lot of those things are okay. But, but somewhere along the line, I remember that I, I got asked to be, uh, I got interviewed for uh, a, a radio show, no, a podcast. And um, the guy had one time had been a Christian and was no longer walking with that. And there were several questions he asked me. And, you know, and in fairness, it was a, it, he, he did it right. He sent me the questions he was going to ask and that kind of thing, not trying to do any gotcha, but just, you know, why, why do you believe, why do you still believe? And so there are things in there where I'm like, you know, there's just things I was like, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. And that doesn't trip me up. It does, it's irrelevant to my salvation. You know, I, I don't know if Adam had a belly button. I mean, you know, it's, you know, and, Where'd Cain's wife come from? I, I don't know, you know, Arkansas? I, mean, I don't know, you know. So, but, you know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, we, we get, <laughs> don't know where that came from. Anyway, uh, we, we get in that place, we get just kind of hung up on these things. And again, I'm not saying that's bad to ask, but, but what difference does it make? What difference does it make? And so, and so then, you know, as we begin to look at creation, that it starts out with in the beginning God. And if you're taking notes, number one is this is that Genesis emphasizes the who of creation more than the when. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm not saying that the when doesn't matter. I'm not, you know, any of those things. Uh, but I just want to focus right now, I think, on what is the very main thing of all of it, and that is all of this is about him. It's about God. The creation is about God. Your life, my life, our lives is about God. We were created for his pleasure and for his purpose. Now, a few years back, myself and a few other guys wrote this little, put this little booklet together called Forged. It was something that we've used for a few small men's groups. And, the, and it talks about five areas. It looks at five areas for, it looks at our relationship with God. If you're married, it looks like at our marriage. It looks, if you have kids, about our role as a dad. And then it talks about our place in the church as men. And then, and then also our role in the community. And that's our job and our engagement and things that take place in the community. But we started out with that very first one, in the beginning, God. Because I realized this, that because this is all about God, that oftentimes how these other four, four are, how my marriage is, how my relationship with my kids is going, how, how I'm feeling about the church, the one I go to, and the church in general, and my position in the community is that I can make it about me, 
I can make my marriage about me. And can I tell you what? I have done that before. And, and if you, I, I probably don't have to tell you, it's impacted it not in a good way. When I've made it about me. I've been able to justify every time that my wife disappoints me, how I respond to her not in a loving way because I made it about me. That her tears, I'd get to a point where in my disappointment or frustration or even bitterness would not impact me because I'd made it about me. And so we can do that. Sometimes my marriage would not be in a good place. And when I'd look at it during that same season, lo and behold, my relationship with God wasn't in a good place either. Now, in saying that, I don't mean he didn't love me. His love doesn't change for me from one day to the next. But it's one thing if I make him the center of my marriage, and it's another thing if I make me the center of it. And so the very first part of Genesis, the very first thing God is establishing is that this is not, it's not about me, it's about him. So even in that group, well, the very first question we ask, every time we meet, we ask this question. How's your relationship with God? Because I know when that's where it's supposed to be that, that my marriage is probably in a better place. You know, I know last year when we did the marriage conference, my very first point was this, marriage is, and there was an empty blank there. And I'm sure probably people thought I was going to say, marriage is good, marriage is fun, marriage is awesome. They are probably shocked when I put marriage is hard. And some of you boldly said Amen. If you need a ride home, because <laughs> I can hear the conversation now. So, so you think our marriage is hard, huh? Well, you know, I didn't want to disagree with the preacher when he's up there. So you didn't mean that our marriage is hard? Well, that's not what I'm saying either. I mean, you know how that conversation is going to go. So just know you don't, <laughs> you don't have to respond. I know that you know marriage is hard. That doesn't mean it's not good. Just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not good. But the truth of the matter is, is that I was never created to have that relationship without God. And he's not just a traveling companion. He's not just a partner that I look to for counsel every now and then. It's about him, who he's called me to be as a husband and as a man. And again, I, I'm in, there have been seasons in my life where I've not been that. It, I've made it about me, and it's created pain in my marriage. It's created pain in my family. It's created disappointment and, and just frustration and loss of trust, all these things that can take place when I make it about me. But the place that it thrives is when it's about him. And we could go on from there to every relationship we have, every role that we have, everything that we're called to do. That creation itself is about him and everything that he lets us put our hands to to be a part of creating. It's about him. When I walk in here sometimes, sometimes during the week I'll come in here and there will not be anybody in here. And I just look around this room and I just think about where we started from 17 years ago. And just, I'm just grateful for God, for who he's called us to be, that you know, we, want, we want our big thing to be him and people. And no matter what walk of life you're from, no matter who you are, no matter your economic standing, your social standing, how popular you are, how unpopular you are, that when people show up, we just want to love them because this is all about God. It's all about God and everything that we do. And so creation begins with this. The very first thought is that it's about God because before there was ever time, he existed. 
He doesn't exist within the confines of time. That's why he said, I'm, and they said, who are you? He said, I'm the I am. In other words, he doesn't exist in, in a past or a future. He's just right now, in this moment. And the past is present to him, and the future is present to him, and the right now is present to him. You're like, man, that kind of blows my mind. I don't understand it. Well, if you got everything there was to know about him, how big would he be? But the fact that some things cause my mind to go, what? I just need a donut. I mean, it's one of those things that, you know, it, with the fact that he's, that he's that large. If he wasn't, then, I mean, would he be God? If I understood everything about him? He understands everything about me. He's, before there was time, he existed. Before there was space or matter, he existed. Pastor Rick, how can that be? I don't know. You know why? Because I'm not God. In the beginning, God. When time began, he was already there. Beginning denotes time. When time began, he was there. When time started, he was already there. Not confined by it or limited to it, but the God of it. And so number one is this, is that Genesis emphasizes the who of creation more than the when. And so after this part of the passage, it goes on and talks about he created all these spaces in the first three days. And then in the next three days, he began to fill up those spaces. He created, you know, the sky, and then he put birds and creatures in it. And then he, he created, you know, the waters, and he put, you know, fish and different creatures in it. And then, you know, he created the land, and he, he put different creatures in it. So all of those things, he created these things, and then he began to put things in them. And so as we skip down, let's go down to verse 24. It says this, Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal." each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock of all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Notice that very first part. So God said, God said, let us make human beings in our image. Let us make human beings in our image. In other words, we're going to make human beings in our image. Number, one, number two is this, is that your presence here is not an accident. You were purposefully and intentionally placed here. It was the plan of God as he made things, as he created this, that part of his plan was to make human beings a part of what took place here. And because we can say that generally. We can say that collectively. But I want you to know that I think it starts here, but it funnels down here where your existence, your own personal, private existence here is not an accident. Some people, man, the devil handicaps them with the circumstances of their birth. They think they were an accident. They think that they should have never been born. And as a result of that, they go around and the devil causes them to question from the very beginning the reason for their existence. I've heard somebody say the two most important days in our life is the day we're born 
And the second day is the day we discovered why we were born. You being here was purposeful by God. I, I know our story's kind of minimal. It's not, it's probably similar to a lot of people's stories, but Tina and I got married 30-some years ago, and we said we're going to wait four years before we have a kid. And so a month after we celebrated our second anniversary, we had a baby. It didn't quite go as we'd originally said it was going to go, and and that type of thing. And I'll just be honest with you, it wasn't the best time in the world. We had no insurance. I didn't know about, you know, any programs that would help us. And so we just had some money set aside. I've been putting aside. And we emptied it to pay for all of it. It was like, you know, it was the baby broke us, you know. And so, so it was one of those things. And I mean, it was just... It, you know, it was it, like from a timing standpoint, it was different than we thought it was going to be. The, you know, we wish we'd have been in better shape financially. We wish that we'd spent a little bit more time together and just kind of knew each other better and all that kind of stuff. But lo and behold, we have a baby. Who knows how that happened? So we had a baby. And, and I, but I will tell you that when I saw him, when we first saw David, he came out. I didn't look at him and go, can we, can we get a refund? Can we give him back, you know? Now, there were some years after that 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 question was. But I mean, at that time... You know, we just, you know, it was just one of those things. We just didn't, I mean, I was like, I don't care that it's not four years later. God's given this, him to us. And it was different than the time we thought it would be. It looked different. Some of you, you know, that you've heard the circumstance of what brought you into the earth. And the devil's used it to cause you to create, I mean, to cause you to question your value, or your purpose. We first started doing student ministry in Clovis, New Mexico. We just moved there back in the 80s, and uh, the late 80s, and we were starting our first year or two there. There was a young lady there, and she was like 14 or 15 years old, and, and her parents, um, they, got, they got pregnant while they were dating, and as a result of that decision, they decided they were going to get married. And every time they would have conflict, they would blame her. If you hadn't come along, we wouldn't have felt compelled to get married. I, we wouldn't be dealing with these circumstances, these situations right now. My heart ached for her. I would constantly remind her, like, I don't care what they say. God was purposeful in your existence. If they, in their brokenness, don't recognize that you're not here by accident, but by providence, that's not on you, it's on them. And hopefully someday they'll come to recognize through their pain and through their immaturity, through their selfishness and through their own brokenness. They'll get on the other side of that and recognize that regardless of the circumstances that it came in, that God has a plan for you. He wasn't surprised by your existence. It doesn't disqualify you because it doesn't look like the Norman Rockwell experience. Your existence is purposeful. I had a friend that in her family, she was abused by a family member. Ended up getting pregnant as a result of that. Had a child. But understood that even though that, wouldn't, that wasn't what the, you know, the way that those things took place, certainly wasn't the way God would have had that happen. It didn't change the fact that that baby that was born in the world was born purposeful. His response, let's make people. Let's make, let's make man, let's make humans in our image. 
It wasn't an afterthought. It wasn't as a result of just chance and circumstance and natural happenings. It was on purpose. One of the reasons why we start talking about the 40 of the most significant events in Scripture is so that we understand that who it's about, first of all. That every one of these other events, all other 39 that we'll talk about, that here's what we understand. Every one of them, every story is about God. And I use the word story, and I want to be careful here because I want you to know that as we read these things, none of them are fairy tales or myths. The reality of God's story with humanity. And so he, on purpose, by design, created a place that we could dwell and exist in, that fit us. And then he made it, and then when he filled it with all these other things we would have interaction with. And then he made us on purpose. He made you on purpose. And so we have to understand that all of these are about, this is about God and his interaction and response to us his intentionality and what he did connected to humanity. That the story here on this planet, from the beginning of creation with humanity until now, that man is always a part of this story and how we respond to God and his care for us. And so we have to start here so that we see all of these things through that lens. They're not independent. Those other stories are not independent of this moment. This is the foundation. Their beginnings took place right here in this moment. When he made all of this and said, let's make people. So number two is this, is that your presence here is not an accident. Let's look at number three. We'll keep reading there in verse, so verse 26 said this. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us, they will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. Everybody say his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So men and women are created in God's image. Men and women, there's parts of the, that men have that are characteristics in nature of God. There are parts that women have that are characteristics in nature of God. And sometimes in our differences, it's not better or worse, it's different. It's like, oh, that's a quality that God has that, that women uh, predominantly will, will carry and demonstrate and that type of thing. Oh, that's a quality that, that God has that men will, will demonstrate. But it says that we were made in his image and it says, then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. So he said that the scripture says that God created human beings in his own image. Here's number three if you're taking notes. You were created to be more like your creator than anything else in existence. You were created to be more like your creator than any other 
any other existence. Now, creation itself all declares the glory of God. Everything that was made declares his glory. That's part of his greatness. But of all of the creation on this earth, there's, when all the things he's made, there's not anything that's, that looks more like him and declares his image more so than you. There is a distinction there. And it was done by design and by intention and by creation. We, in a sense, were made stewards of the place that we live, of the things that we encounter. Because that's a God-like characteristic. He cares for things. And so you were made to be like him from the beginning of time. From the beginning of time. The one thing that the enemy has constantly done is challenge the identity of humanity. We'll talk about some. I think I'll talk about some next week. But then also, you look at the Jesus' baptism, and and when it, you know, just when he was baptized, this voice from heaven says, "You're my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased." And then he goes out into the wilderness, and the very first place that the enemy attacks him is, "If you are the Son of God." I'm just telling you, a huge part of the conflict and confusion and chaos that we have in our present world today is because. People are confused about their identity. There's gender confusion. There's, there's attraction confusion. There's all these different kinds of confusions. And it all comes back to this one thing that often people get lost in those things because they're not aware of this, that their identity begins with God. It's all about him. And you were made in his image. And when you embrace that, when you embrace that you were made in his image and you understand that that's who you are, you see him different, and you see yourself different. When God was calling a man named Gideon, he was a, he was a, a Hebrew, a Jewish man, that, uh, and his people were just being just harassed daily, and God called him out and wanted to use him and a few hundred other men to deliver his people from tens of thousands of other people. Gideon was hiding in the evening from his enemies. And the angel of the Lord, when he appeared to Gideon, the very first thing he said was, he said, Hail, mighty man of valor. God knows this, that he had to get Gideon to see himself the way that God saw him, or Gideon could never do what God had called him to do. And the reason why the devil challenges your identity until you see yourself made in the image of God, being an image bearer for God, you won't fulfill his plan for you. Some people are satisfied with being a thermometer. Thermometers just identify temperatures in a room that makes no change. It can just point out everything that's wrong. Talk about all the things that need to be changed and fixed. They're great thermometers. I like thermostats. You go and you set, you set the temperature you want it on, and in time, not immediately, but in time, it's changed the atmosphere, it's changed the temperature of the room. When you understand you were made in the image of God, you quit living like a thermometer and you become a thermostat on this place. And you begin to be the light of the world that, God, that Jesus said that you would be. You begin to be the salt of the earth that he said you would be. Because you understand this. You're not just any part of creation. You were made in the image of God. There's nothing on creation that's closer to bearing his image and who he is more so than you as a human being. It's unlike anything else. And the devil's done everything he can to confuse you about your identity or even your value here. That doesn't mean that other things aren't important. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't care about other things. Matter of fact, because of the role that we have, we're called to be stewards of this place. But it's a lie of the enemy to try to equate you with the rest of creation. God didn't do that. 
He waited till the very end because he was making you in his image to care for this place and to bear his image in everything that, you're, that you do. Number three, you were created to be more like your creator than anything else in existence. When you begin to embrace that as your identity, it begins to impact what you see God could call you to do. The more you begin to realize who you, know, have you, who you were created to be like, that helps you understand that, first of all, for me to be that, I have to have a relationship with him, and that only comes by giving Jesus our life and making Jesus the Lord of our life. That's where that beginning of recognition of I was made for him, this is about him, and for, because of my sin, it wants to get in the way of me becoming who I was created to be. Well, the very first wall that's knocked down is that sin that stands in the way of that, and the one that knocked it down was Jesus, and the way I get to experience it in my life is by receiving him in my world, then all of a sudden at that moment, I step in to the reality of what my potential can be because I'm a child of God. And so when we do that, we begin to embrace that, it begins to be part of who we are, and so we begin to understand that. So the reason why this chapter is so important, because first of all, it lets us know that in every one of these other things that we look at, it's about God. But even more personally, that in every relationship I have, in every role that he's called me to be a part of, in every position that he's given me, that if I make it about myself, it impacts how that's done. But if I make it about God, then it carries out, it gives an opportunity to carry out his plan and his purpose in my life and in the place that I live. But then also when I recognize who he created me to be, it reveals my role. So when we read about these things, that when we read about Noah having this encounter with God, we know because what was going on on the earth, it was about God and that there were things that were taking place that because of humanity, they were bringing judgment upon themselves, but because he's not indifferent to man because he made them, that he calls Noah and his family. He says, I'm choosing you to make sure that humanity's future is rescued because it's all about God and people were made in his image. And those that walk with him recognize that. And so I hope that today as you hear this, that you embrace those things. This is all about God, but also for your own self that if you think about how you're brought into the earth, and so you try, the devil tries to diminish your value, your role, what you, know, what, you know, what you could impact, that you understand that your birth, no matter the circumstances, it wasn't an accident. God intentionally made you and put you here. And, and then also this, that you were created to be in his image. You're unlike any of the rest of his creation because you were made for a purpose. And you have the ability to seek that purpose out. And it impacts the way that your rest of your life goes. I want you to do this. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. I want us just just take a moment and imagine there, just with your eyes closed, that kind of like you're before and just this this altar at the throne of God. And in this moment, you think about things in your life that you've made about you. And it could be some relationships you have, or it could be the way you look at things, even maybe the way you look at your past, you know, that. You know, if you see yourself as, you know, being in charge of it, then that impacts you. But today, if you'll take this moment and just make it about God, watch how it changes your focus. And then also, if all this time, if your identity has been, I'm that angry person, I was hurt so bad, I've carried this wound and it's just made me angry. Change your identity. 
embrace the one that you were given by birthright, and that is you were made in his image, and when you give Jesus your life, you walk as a child of God. I was hurt, so I'm a victim. Change your image. That way you can be like Joseph when his own family hurt him, and he said, what you meant for evil, God used for good. Because it's not what you've done that determines who I am. It's about my creator and the fact that he made me on purpose. And I don't embrace the pain you created. I I embrace his plan and his will for me. It changes our direction. It gives our broken places a chance to be fixed. Our wounds a place to be healed. Changes all of it. Let's just spend a moment with God.